from hrgrapevine.com. It is the HR Grapevine Podcast. Hello there, everyone. Eric Niewerowski, host of the pod. Thank you so much for joining me this week. And today's episode is the fifth installment of our special Workplace of Now series presented along with our partners at Zealous. And in case you missed it, Zealous are the UK and Ireland's leading provider of payroll and HR solutions. They have over 50 years of heritage and industry experience and have been ahead of the curve throughout. So in this edition of the Workplace of Now, I'm going to try and get an answer to the question that is, are we failing a younger generation of workers? And to help me answer that quandary, I'm thrilled to be joined once again by Jackie Summons. Now, Jackie was in the first episode of Workplace of Now, and she is the Chief People Officer at Emis Health and a non-executive director at Zealous. Jackie has decades of HR experience and really is a thought leader on all things HR. So Jackie is going to help me unpack this concept of, of how we're treating our younger generation of workers. Does hybrid working favor established employees over the newer ones? And with all the new skills and demands on workers, how are businesses investing in meeting the demands and needs of the future? And we're also going to get into the topic of progression in a hybrid work world. If we are working at home or just part-time at home and part-time in the office, are employees at risk of stagnation? So as always, it was a very insightful conversation with Jackie, and I hope you enjoy it. Jackie, great to have you back on the Workplace of Now podcast. Excited to talk to you today about the younger generation of workers. But before we get into that, can you just remind the audience and for those who haven't heard us before a little bit more about you and uh, uh, some of your background? Yeah, absolutely. Great to join you as well, Eric, today. So I am the HR director for EMIS. Uh, which is a healthcare software business, um, primarily uh, in the UK. And I also am a non-exec director uh, for Zealous um, HR Systems and Payroll. Um, so I combine those two roles um, as best I can. Great. So today on the Workplace of Now, I want to get into the younger generation of workers. Uh, obviously, every demographic age group has been impacted by the pandemic in a in in, in some way right um but i'm wondering if the younger generation has maybe suffered the most or been impacted the most because here are you know when you think a younger generation you think of gen z you think of sometimes entry-level work fresh out of uni so not only has the university experience been impacted for a lot of these people entering the job market has been totally not what they had envisioned or imagined when they were in uni, right? You think I'm going to go to uni for however long, get my degree, and I'm going to just pop right into an office. Well, we don't work in the office anymore. So I guess my first question with that, with this shift to hybrid working that we're all doing now, most of us are doing, does the hybrid working model favor established employees over newer ones? 
Eric, I, I think it a hundred percent does, and um, I was really excited to talk about this topic actually, because although I absolutely can't be described as a younger worker myself, I have two uh, children who are literally coming out of university now, sort of heading into the world of work. So it's a, it's a subject that we talk about quite a lot. Also, you know, get quite a lot of information from people at work about how they feel, um, and it's the it's the group that that sort of worry me the most and, and that's partly um, because I look back to the point at which I first started my career and I kind of reflect on how was it that I learned the things that I learned mm -hmm. and you know predominantly I wasn't learning the really key information in training courses they were really incredibly helpful I, I started working uh, back in the 80s for a, a, a big um, organization that was incredibly good at training employees but actually the things that I really learned effectively were sitting alongside people hearing conversations having conversations myself um, you know, having good mentors around me that would just take the few minutes to sort of tell me what it was that they were involved in that day, getting me involved in a way that I think is so difficult to break into when you're sitting remotely um, from, from that office environment. It's, mm -hmm. it's so much more difficult to kind of get that interaction right. So I really worry about this group. And, you know, we, we, I don't think we're alone in this as we get towards the end of this summer and approach next winter I think we're really starting to think okay do we draw a line and do we say that going forward we are going to operate slightly differently like a lot of organizations at Emus, we, we went what we consider to be a hybrid route mm -hmm. and I think what we've discovered is that people are defining that so differently from one group to another um, from one function to another that there's an there's a, um, a sort of a difficulty coming from that inconsistency and if you're coming into that environment as a graduate or if you're coming in as a school leaver or if you're coming in you know just to, to the for the first time as an experienced hire and these are people that you're starting to work with for the first time I think it's really difficult for for people in that situation to navigate through that and how do how do I do you know how do I fit in what should I do so um yes yeah, it's, it's it's really topical I think it's it's going to exercise the brains of uh, of people like me for all of the next year or so until it settles a little bit so yeah really yeah. difficult yeah that's great context and a really great way to kick off the conversation I guess I'm I'm wondering I'd like to kind of ask you about like maybe like a sort of split brain approach that you're experiencing right now, not only as an HR leader, but also as a parent of children that are about to leave uni and head into the workforce. I guess, what is your advice that you're giving to your kids as they start their journey into proper working life? And is it any different than your advice that you're giving to your HR teams to impart on uh, onboarding these new hires at your day job? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting when you think about, and, and I guess, you know, talking about my kids in particular, who are, who have literally been at university all the way through the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. so the one that's graduating this year, pretty much all of her time was interrupted by it. Um, and my son is at the end of first year. I think that's really interesting because I think those that particular generation who, who over the last three years have been through uni or done exams or done schoolwork from a distance, 
I'm wondering now whether actually they would want to work in an office environment because they mm -hmm. actually realize more perhaps than people that have been working for a few years. They realize how easy that what became after a while to interact from a distance to sit in your, your room and to be able to, to learn and to and to work with other people. So I I I mean I'm they were just an example of two. I can't use them as an example for but they right. neither of them have any interest in going into an office, which is interesting. And I wonder whether they would have done a few years ago if that had been what they had, you know, experienced more in terms of their university. But for the for the for the workforce, we're trying to get our managers to think. Uh, very clearly about how they want to set up their working environment so that they mm -hmm. include everybody um, and that is the difficulty so it's it's trying to and you know predominantly a lot of our managers are older and a lot right. of our managers probably do like working from home themselves so we're trying to get them to walk in the shoes of people that are just starting out in their career and really think what do I need to do to make sure that these people feel included as well um, we certainly lost a few people through the um, through the, the sort of early part of the pandemic mm -hmm. um, because they didn't meet people so we had people giving that that as feedback you know I came into the, to the company didn't really meet my team and it just didn't really work for me and now I'm, I'm moving on right. more recently I think the people that are feeling like that are making more effort themselves to, to close that loop so if they don't feel they're getting that interaction there's a little bit more evidence that people are saying themselves I'm going to go into the office and I'm going to contact those people and say can we have a meeting you know could, or could we just meet in a coffee shop somewhere just so that we can have an interaction that's not over over zoom um, or, or teams so so I think there's there's an effort going on from individuals to do that but again that's more difficult if you're earlier in your career to take that initiative and right. yourself that becomes more difficult as well I think so yeah difficult yeah, it's it's definitely a confidence thing, right? Like when when you were talking about how you entered the workforce, and I, I'm so glad you mentioned it because I like to mention it too. Like, yes, I went to what we call a college in the states, right? I went to college, a uh, couple of them, got a couple degrees, went into the workforce, and I learned pretty pretty quickly on the job training. Really, uh, wasn't so much a compliment to the things I learned in college, but almost like a relearning of everything. And I only had gotten that training because I was physically in the room with other people. But it's an interesting point that you make how some entering the workforce are just not interested in it, like in a physical office. Um, also, I'd, I'd have to mention that I got my job here at HR Grapevine during lockdown one. So it was almost a year, it was over a year of an employment before I ever met um, any of my colleagues, my line managers, the CEO met anyone in person. And that was, I, it was daunting at first, but I think luckily I had the benefit of coming in as an experienced hire and an experienced employee where I felt confident to say like, can we like have a coffee on Zoom or on Teams just so we can get to know each other a little bit. Um, but that just comes right. I, I know it's cliche, but it's age with age comes it experience does. right it does it, it does it comes experience and that confidence to sort of make that first move and and so again it brings you back to being more worried about younger employees because yeah. you're sort of thinking are they some of them undoubtedly would have that confidence some of them wouldn't um 
and uh, it's I guess it's trying as a certainly for my own team trying as a as a manager to um, to think about ways in which people will really feel comfortable coming together. I mean, we've mm -hmm. just started in our team having um, one day a month, which we pretty much all try, all 30 odd, all try to come to an office on that day. So at least you kind of put that in your diary and you know that if you have missed people for the last couple of weeks and by coincidence haven't really caught up with many people you kind of know that's the opportunity if you go and work in the office you're likely to see most of your colleagues that day but that doesn't really help the contact with other functions that right. really helps our team and it's right. when you come to try to expand that across the workforce that you know I would say to, to people at the moment uh, collaboration doesn't happen by accident unfortunately so we right. might set up the collaboration hubs we might have lots of discussions about how we want people to be face to face, but it won't just happen unless you try to engineer it in some ways. Um, so if you're a function, I mean, the HR function for me works really closely with finance and back at the end of last year and, you know, shame on me that we haven't done it again. We, we kind of brought them together deliberately. We had a, um, a meeting, we had a bit of social, we really did go out of our way to try and bring those people together because they wouldn't ordinarily have spoken to each other. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, we're thinking about a lot of the, the negative side of this, the, the positive yeah. side of it. And the thing that I think you kind of, you forget very quickly is that there were lots of downsides to being in an office as well. Yes. So for younger people coming into that environment for the first time, um, it can be a distracting environment. It can be that you end up interacting with the people that you actually don't need to work with, but they happen to work close to you in the office. So you have great relationships with people that you perhaps um, don't need to work as so close to with. So I think, and and the ability to really sort of get your head down and sort of get on with things is clearly there when you're away from the office as well. You can you can work on stuff in a different way. You can think about stuff in a different way. Yeah. So I don't think we should lose that sort of. There is a positive side to this and the sort of fact that you're not sitting on a train or in a car commuting for long periods of time, not interacting with anybody. Um, there is that side. So so I, th I think it's it's a balance really between the two. Yeah, it's a real delicate balance and it, it, it shouldn't have to fall on HR to manage that balance, but yet it does. So moving on then with sort of like we were just talking about these new skills and the demands on these newer employees, how are businesses investing in meeting the demands of the future? Well, I, I would say that, again, it's it's early days to see whether that's really working in the way that it should. I, you know, again, this is a sort of personal experience. We did take an opportunity during the, the sort of pandemic years to sort of think about learning in a slightly different way. So we, we actually did invest in more online learning, more opportunities mm -hmm. for people, knowing that that was where they were going to mainly be be um, consuming this. We, we mm -hmm. actually did um, uh, sort of go that route. And that certainly has paid dividends. And actually, people are now, in the early stages, people often would, would, would say, well, you, you know, you're investing very much in that online support, but actually, I want to have sort of face-to-face -face learning. That's sort of gone away a little bit, I think, and people are starting to realise that this is really working very well. I can dip in and dip out of this as and when I need to for my job. So I think that's working well. 
Um, but I think it, it's like anything, it's just going to take us quite a long time, I think, as mm -hmm. businesses to get to the point that we need to. We are, you know, we, we can we can say that we're struggling with this and sort of beat ourselves up, but we are still relatively soon out of this period. And I would have thought really, to be honest, to the next two or three years, this will shape out quite a lot and it will become a new way of working that we're more familiar with and comfortable with. But it's not something which is going to happen overnight for right. sure um, and businesses are struggling as well you know there's a lot of people are struggling businesses are struggling people are struggling as well from an investment point of view so i don't think it's a it's a great time all around for a lot of individuals either right so along with that do we have that time do we have the affordability of time right I, you kind of had mentioned there are two to three years to kind of see how it works but there, there's still this great resignation right that that we write about a lot that's certainly happening there's still more job vacancies than there are job applicants right now within the uk do we have that sort of affordability to say well we need to wait it out or do do businesses leaders uh and again i don't want to put the entire weight of the onto the hr shoulders but do business leaders have that time that luxury time because what's going to happen i mean if I'm, I'm just thinking about like we went from office working everything was great and then about a week later we all went home right and yeah. so that like we didn't have years to to do that so we had days yeah it's a really good point eric and i think that we did make that move incredibly quickly and, and for most organizations i think they're astounded themselves at about how how quick they quickly they adjusted to it but i think one of the things to think about is this adjustment is really different actually this mm -hmm. is in many ways way more difficult because each business is trying to establish the way that it wants to work going forward and the way that it wants to work with other businesses as well and for each individual employee that's kind of looking at where do they want to work as, as coming in you know coming in fresh um, they will also experience really different environments and so that's a question that everybody asks now that comes through an interview process how do you work and when you say to them well we work in a hybrid fashion Mm -hmm. please explain what you mean by that right another follow-up because i really want to understand how many days will i be in the office you know what, what what would it really look like how will i interact with people people are much want to be much clearer about it and i think you're right i don't think we do have the luxury of time but on the other hand i sort of feel fundamentally people take a while to settle into new working patterns yeah there are definitely some businesses that have gone out very clearly and stated you know i want everyone back in the office with there's you know as, as you probably know there are certain ceos that have been really clear i'm yeah. not going this route you're going to come back in this office is going to be full we we know in in india we've got a group in india that work and we know there there's a there's going to be a real government push to get people back into cities and to get back people back into offices in the cities because they're really worried about the infrastructure and the impact that it's going to have on that so right. there's going to be a lot of dynamics in there trying to um decide what are we going to do going forward um so i yeah I, I i suppose my comment about the time that it takes is i always feel that these things do take quite a while when there are people involved to sort of settle but there will almost certainly be some businesses that really set out their store quite early and perhaps mm -hmm. gain an advantage over that as well because if they get it right they then become known as an organization that people really want to join because they're working it really effectively. They get an advantage over those that are struggling. Um, so there's definitely an imperative there, I think, for us to, to crack on with them. 
So speaking of this concept of time, I want to talk a little bit now about uh, career progression amongst this hybrid model. And, and I love how you mentioned there, what, what does hybrid mean? Because it's not a one size fits all. Every organization has a different approach to hybrid. It could be three days in, two days in, flexible working, you throw that in, like what does all of this mean, right? So along with that though, progression in this hybrid working model, how does one progress at their job when they're working hybrid? And are workers at risk of stagnation? I just kind of want to set the tone here for you with that is that I was able to progress rather rapidly here at this job. Um, I think it's because I had, well, I think it's because I'm pretty good at what I do, but also um, it's just sort of that confidence that I've had built up that this isn't my first job. But if you, you know, no one wants to be an entry level employee be it a bank or insurance firm or social media marketing executive. No one wants to be entry level forever. And before the idea of, of you know, sort of climbing that ladder, if you will, it's like you're, you're in there, office opens at nine, you're there at eight, right? You, you, you have to be seen to climb the ladder. Well, what ha how do you climb the ladder if this is how we're seen over screens? And I, I, it's such a good point, Eric. And I remember early promotions in my career. One in particular stands um, stands out where um, it came really to be perfectly honest by a chance meeting with um, a more senior member of staff um, in the lobby of a hotel at a meeting, uh, mm -hmm. the meeting we'd all gone to. We sort of got chatting. Um, there was not much. Uh, going on for that person that night and so we ended up having dinner and about a year later I was contacted by him because he was looking to reorganize and he remembered the conversation and said you know I know it's relatively early but I'm thinking that maybe you'd be right for that job now that, it's so difficult to imagine right. how that could possibly have happened if we weren't meeting face to face and we weren't having those interactions because it's such a chance meeting so knowing that that was the way in which you know my career developed I do worry about that but I on the flip side I also worry about that being the method by which people develop their careers as well because I think right. it, it, sort of, you know, yeah. it also doesn't really feel a sort of fair equitable way to consider people for promotion and it's mm -hmm. you know it can often in the past it would often be that about the person that was in the office really early or happened to bump into the CEO down the corridor probably deliberately and had the confidence right. to have that conversation is that necessarily the person that's going to be I don't want to to denigrate your promotion no. that's like I'm saying you don't deserve it, Eric but I'm not saying that but you know is that really the fair way to assess right you've got in your organization and who should be um uh, suitable for, for promotion so it kind of worries me that that's how we've always been and yet I know that's how we have always been um and so there's a little bit of hope I suppose that I have that if you're now looking to your um entry level group and and trying to really manage those careers effectively and really give them equal opportunities you probably can do that more effectively in this environment than you could before where there was this sort of hidden favoritism almost that could go on so I, right. I kind of feel positive about it but you but but it also means that you have to be 
um, you have to be far more mechanistic, I think, in the approach to it. You have to really think about, you know, what opportunities are you going to give people? How are you going to make sure everyone understands what's available in, in the, um, the organisation? What new roles come up? You can't leave that to chance because you could have somebody, you know, very quietly working away in the background, mm -hmm. not necessarily in the office a lot, but doing an absolutely first class job. How do you get to really realise who those people are unless you're quite mechanistic in your approach to career development? So I think it might change that quite a lot yeah. going forward. Yeah, that's a great point you made about this sort of like this old school rubbing elbows with the boss. I mean, I, I at press roles, I've certainly seen the CEO from a large broadcasting company walking across the street. And I said, well, I'm going to walk that way and just just say hi real quick. Um, and also, I, I, I should also note that there's no way I'm coming in early, right? I, I, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. So I'd like to think I, 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 I progressed because of my my work, not because I was in early or certainly uh, wanting to, to cozy up to any leadership here or anywhere. But I guess then what I'm wondering then, um, so I, again, let's talk about the flip side again. It's so easy when you're in this hybrid way just to kind of not let maybe coast a little bit, right? Sit back, yeah. enjoy it. Here's your time. So how can HR teams stay ahead of stagnation for their hybrid uh, workers? And I, I guess this this could mean for a younger generation of workers, but it I think it's that's that's an ageless issue, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, in a, I don't think it is, um, it's our, I think it's our role to help and to facilitate from HR, but we absolutely can't take that responsibility throughout the, the organisation. But mm -hmm. one of the things that, you know, we've certainly pushed very hard um, since we've been working in this environment is the absolute criticality of you talking as a manager to people in your team regularly. Mm -hmm. So you might have got away and perhaps in the office in the past with cancelling one-to-one meetings, not giving time. This is just, no, it's no longer possible to do that because if you don't have that regular point of interaction um, with people that work with you and your team, I think you're just in you're just in so much danger of them slipping kind of slightly into the shadows without you realizing it. Yeah, um, but you have to work really hard. You know, you have to. I find even with I have five direct reports, but a bigger sort of team altogether, and I have to really think sometimes. You know, halfway through the week, hmm, have I actually had proper interaction with that person this week? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have, and I'm not sure if they're okay, and it's been mm -hmm. a while. So then, you know, quick a quick Teams message if you've got sort of 15, 20 minutes at the end of the day, and then just try to catch up. But I think you have to work much, much harder at having, you having that visibility, um, and also, uh, you know, knowing, knowing that they have that opportunity to talk to you. I mean, I, I've even done some things when it's been really busy. I've uh, occasionally done a video of just, you know, this is what's happened this week. This is what we've done in HR. I just put that out to the HR team because at least it's better than them not seeing you at all. Yeah. And I try to make it a little bit jokey and a little bit fun and talk about things at home as well as work. And, and we've done that a couple of times just to, to keep that degree of interaction between people. And I encourage others. So we have um, at the HR team have a weekly meeting and I really do on that meeting say to people, we're not gonna have a massive agenda because actually it's bring, you're gonna bring your lunch and you're gonna sort of chat. And we're just going yeah. to sometimes ask, how are you? And people are gonna do that kind of talk. So you can, you can do those things remotely. Mm -hmm. 
But I think now we've got the opportunity to have to supplement them with physically being together as much as you possibly can. Um, right. Because there's, there's, to me, there's still no, um, there's no other really good way of working other than actually sitting in a room with somebody and actually talking to them. I still yeah. think that's, that's very powerful. I totally agree. I'd, I'd like to end the chat here with just a little bit of lightheartedness, a little bit of brevity. I want to ask you, do you miss the office? <laughs> Well, it's a really difficult question for me because I've worked for the last five years for an organization that is about four hours drive from where okay, I live. Okay, fair enough, yes. So I think I'm really biased because yeah. I'm going to say, no, I don't miss the office because I certainly don't miss the four-hour drive. However, yeah. my office um, my office is in Leeds. I do miss Leeds as a place, which is right. Um, people who know me well will say that they're amazed that I've said that because in five years ago, I didn't know the place at all, but I love it. So I do miss that and I do miss that interaction that we had casually day to day when I was there um, but I personally don't miss working in an office but I am at the other end of my career and I, right. I think if you ask younger people they possibly would give you a very different answer do you want to know mine <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. Eric. I'd love I'm this. right in the middle I don't miss it at all what I miss is the it's one of those things that's like uh, uh it's like that Joni Mitchell line you don't know what you got till it's gone where I, so I, like you, my, I'm, I'm a, uh, a what, what is it? Glasgow to London is a eight hour drive or like a, the 55 minute flight. So I go yeah. in, we have quarterly meetups, but I do travel to London a lot to film. So we do meet up in the office and we have a couple people on the content team that are re real young. I'm more on sort of the older side of that. And I remember a couple, I think the last quarterly meetup, like the whole team, the whole staff was in there working. And I was going, I, I can't get anything done. This is too distracting. I can hear that person breathing. I can hear that person chewing. Here I'm, I'm here, I'm in my little cocoon of safety. I tell you what I miss, Jackie, is drinks after work with your pals. Right. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that it's that sort of camaraderie that I do miss that when I am there, I do make the most of it with my team. And and we are able to 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 socialize in a very um intense way but in a very fun intense way like the best sort of yeah. intensity possible so interesting to know i do you know we, we we started off talking about the younger generation but it really seems like if if we pay attention as hr teams to that younger generation there'll be a knock-on effect to everyone else in the workforce right because yeah. it's all changing and, and, all of us. absolutely and just remember trying to remember there's lots of positives i think in that as well because it you know the old way wasn't necessarily always the best way that's for sure yeah. Well, Jackie Summons, uh, once again, thank you for joining us on The Workplace of Now. Oh, it's been a pleasure as always, Eric. Thank you. Well, once again, I'd just like to thank Jackie Summons for helping me break apart what it's like to be a young person entering the world of work for the first time. A lot of key takeaways, a lot of insights that Jackie shared. I came away with a lot more knowledge than I had going into it, and I hope you did too. Hopefully you can take some of her insights and apply them when it comes to your younger generation of employees, how to keep them engaged, how to keep them moving up the career ladder, and most importantly, how to keep them from looking for a new job. Once again, big thanks to Jackie. Big thanks to our partners at Zealous. Huge thanks to all of you for listening. And we will be dropping our final installment of The Workplace of Now very soon. So keep an ear open for that. Until then, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.